Happy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number 101 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. Today, we're going to be talking about taking your hobby and turning it into your career, right? So stay tuned for this one. How are we doing? This is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. the value that you bring to the marketplace you know what your passion is you know why you do what you do so racism it's out there but it doesn't have to stop you just because somebody might look at you a certain way that doesn't have to stop your forward progress that's where, where you have to eliminate the excuses you got to make that game plan say for me to get to that point That was almost catastrophe there. My green screen fell over. <laughs> See, more joys of uh, live streaming. But I ran to go get my phone as the intro. I'm not my phone, my fan, because it's hot in here. And so now the now the screen's all messed up because it fell a little. But that's okay. We'll make it work. That's the joys of going live. So as I said, we want to, we want to discuss your hobby because I hear too often a lot of people are unhappy in their career choice and say, well, what makes you happy? And then some people like to knit, some people like to, you know, draw some, you know, there's so there's a whole host of things that people are currently doing that they don't even realize they can turn it into something special. And that's how I got started with the gym. Like the gym was never supposed to take off. It was something I was doing in my garage for a small group of people. They started getting results, started telling other people, Next thing you know, I have 40 plus people training with me out of my home gym and then RBF Fitness was born. It's like, who would, who would have thought? And from someone who, does, who doesn't have a college degree, no business background and, you know, no knowledge of marketing at the time. And I was able to just take the passion for helping people get healthier and fit. And the universe just opened up and found a way to make it happen. So... My guest today is the hobby boss. So we're going to break down how you can take what you love to do and turn it into something that you can turn into a rewarding career. So this guy is a rock star. He's an entrepreneur and a best-selling author of Hobby Boss. Welcome, Steve. I forgot to ask you how to pronounce your last name, so I'm not going to hack it up. Just come on in. Awesome. Thanks for having (laughs) me, man. That's awesome and great intro. Thank you. My pleasure. So where are you joining us from? So I'm from Toronto, Canada. Okay. International guest. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereabouts are you located? I am in Cranston, Rhode Island. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, Toronto, I think, is like six hours from here. Yeah. Yeah. I think we passed through there um, on on tour, um, which I'm sure we'll be talking about. But yeah. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Good stuff. All right. Well, glad to have you. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me. And so... I ask every guest this because I want the audience to to connect with you, you know, before we get into the heart of the matter so they know who they're listening to. <laughs> it's just, uh, if you could summarize, just who, who is Steve? So, yes, uh, Steve is, that's a, that's a deep, deep rabbit hole that we go down, but I'll, I'll try to keep <laughs> it as short as possible. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm... Um, I'm a lifelong learner, just wanting to, um, wanting to, to 
first be a guinea pig in my own experiment, I guess you would say, and then um, have this innate need to like share that with other people. Um, it's probably why I wrote two books so far and why I coach and it's no matter what I do, I always, when I go out and, and learn it, like I put myself through, through the ringer um, and I, I understand that like other people are in that situation or maybe worse. Um, and, um, and I can help those people. It's just this thing that I've always had in me wanting to teach people. So I'd say that's, that's the short answer right now. You know, I'm, my, my background's in, um, my background's in, in music. Um, and, uh, and also I'm a father of three young nice. kids, three kids, three and under, I have uh, two twin boys and a three-year-old daughter and, uh, made the writing of, hobby boss very very interesting especially during a global mm -hmm. pandemic but anyway that's i think in a nutshell that would be uh that's that would be me like lifelong learner and just always like wanting to help other people um wanting to i love achieving but i also love helping other people achieve absolutely welcome to the uh, twin club I, I have i have twin boys too no way how old are they uh they're 12 amazing so i'm going to subscribe to your newsletter um even if you don't have a parenting <laughs> newsletter that's great awesome <laughs> Yeah, they're they're my fourth and fifth children. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so a guy, I probably should should write a parenting book. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, because it's definitely it's definitely interesting, especially when they were that little. Life was uh, very different then. It's like my, I have two adults now, a fourteen year old, and then you know the twins who are twelve. So life's awesome, dude. interesting. Yeah, man, we were locked down before the pandemic even hit. We were locked down. We weren't going anywhere because they were born in uh, in February. So it was right before uh, COVID hit. But um, they were born in February of last year. We were already locked down. We're still like, no matter what happens in the outside world, it's like our house <laughs> is just madness. So yep, I bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet. All right. So said you're a lifelong learner and you're a musician. So I'm assuming you're very creative because most musicians are creative. So when did you first start realizing that you had that creative talent? Yeah, I mean, it's as far back as I, I can remember. I always, you know, what's, what's ironic is um, when I was, when I was eight years old, I always wanted to be an author. Uh, like I, I remember that years later, like I remembered that, um, you know, so, so basically I got into songwriting. Um, I was a drummer. I thought, okay, so uh, like I was always super strategic about it. It's so crazy. Even at a young age, I, I reverse engineered um, how to become a major label recording artist who tours the world. Like, so basically the long story short, I basically thought, okay, I want to tour the world. How do I tour the world? Okay. Well, it'd be cool to tour the world, um, you know, in a band and, um, and basically, um, it's because I can't do it. It would be harder to do it myself. So I'd have other people with me. I'm going to be, um, I'll start a band. And if I'm going to start a band, I should probably learn how to write songs. And so at the time I was a drummer, um, but I'm like, I can't really write songs on drums. So I ended up thinking, okay, well, let me learn how to play guitar and then I'll start writing songs. And anyway, I picked up my, one of my buddies had a guitar, like a really crappy guitar. And I taught myself how to play some stuff, taught myself how to write, started putting together uh, different bands. One thing leads to another. I ended up getting uh, signed to a major label record deal. Um, Gene Simmons, out of all people, Gene Simmons flies up to Canada and comes to see my band and um, signs us pretty much on the spot because uh, he was starting a record label at the time and um, basically signs us on the spot. We tour all over North America with Kiss and nice. um, and it's like just craziness, like absolute, absolute madness. Um, that taught me a lot about, um, about fans and giving people what, what they want and, um, and production larger than life. Um, uh, you know, 
coming at it from an entrepreneurial standpoint, which I always kind of did. I mean, uh, I wouldn't consider myself a creative in the sense where it's uh, like I'm always very strategic. So I would say like it's left and right brain. Yeah. But um, the KISS tour, you know, that just that was really the icing on the cake for learning how to, you know, he created an army of, of, of fans, a legion of fans. And so, um, yeah, that basically that one thing led to another that um, I just, I found myself as a songwriter and sort of, sort of like an author, what I originally wanted to do. But at that point, it's like that creativity just kept snowballing and snowballing. And so that's basically like at a very young age, probably around seven or eight, I knew that um, I had something to, to share with other people, but it wasn't until, you know, years later, maybe 10, uh, 15 years later that it actually turned into something where, you know, people are starting to be like, whoa, we're like, what, you toured with Kiss? Like, no way. Like, it started being like that head turner type of thing. Yeah. All right. So what did your parents think of that of that goal? Yeah. You know, I'm so lucky because my parents were always super supportive. Um, you know, when when I was 11, so right around that time when um, I was thinking about you know, uh, traveling the world, uh, my parents split up. And it's an interesting thing because, you know, no matter what people say, like, you know, your home is what happens with your parents or like your your reference point, you know, your reference point, if you had good parents, or if your parents um, didn't like didn't pay attention to you, that's going to be your reference point of like what parenting is and how our yes. relationships work, whether it's good or bad, like you have a reference point. And so my parents were always super supportive, they just couldn't uh, work together. Um, and so uh, they so they split, and that's actually when I got my my uh, drum kit. My dad, I think he like he felt bad. He also you know he wanted to support me however he could, but he got um, he got me a drum kit. And my mom was always super supportive when it came to um, to school. Uh, they just wanted me to be happy, and so they said, "Listen, Steve, like you could do whatever you want with music. We're gonna support you 100." percent uh, but maybe it might be a good idea to to just go to college for a couple of years, just get like get something just as a bit of a backup plan. It's funny, like it's funny because I went to school and um, I ended up I, I was I was hanging around with people who weren't like I was hanging around with uh, movie directors, even though I wasn't in the movie program. I was like writing music for their movies and I was kind of skipping class and stuff. Um and uh, so I went to college. I ended up actually graduating with honors, which the program was a bit of a joke. Um, but it was it's funny because I'm using a lot of that stuff that I was working on or that I understood from then. I'm using it now in my online business. It's just weird how life works that way. But to answer your question directly, my parents are super supportive. They just they said, have a have a bit of a plan, like just in case, just in case, like we believe in you, but a small plan B. OK, not enough to like because, you know, like some people go all in. Right. Um, they just wanted to say, like, just, you know, 10 percent, just like devote to college and then go and do your, your music thing. I'm very lucky that they were like that because not especially with um, a, an Italian family, um, not really. We want like a doctor or like a lawyer, you know, things like that. A musician, <laughs> even though, you know, music's a big part, I guess, of Italian culture. Um they just they they were kind of outside the box thinking because typically a lot of my friends they wanted to be musicians and they, they just got a lot of um a lot of uh they didn't get the support from their from their family yes so how did their divorce affect you dude that's yeah man it's funny i was just talking about this the other day um th i didn't realize this until years later but that divorce um i realized in that moment like even as a kid like 11 years old i realized whoa if these guys can't keep it together, like if they can't hold it together, then I've got to be like, I've got to keep this thing together. It's probably why I'm an entrepreneur. It's like, I can't rely on anybody else to keep this thing together. I'm going to do this myself. And 
what's interesting about that is um like you know i'm not to go like too far down tangent but i ended up um i ended up realizing at that moment that i didn't really um see them as like as mom and dad anymore where it's like i still got along with them and i love them and everything like that but it was almost more like like i wouldn't ask mom what's your advice on this and then listen to it as motherly advice i became like instantly independent where it's like i take it into account but i'm not asking her for that where she knows best and my dad knows best and i listen to that and then that's just the gospel like i always then i like developed like my critical thinking it's like well wait a second i'm gonna put this against what i feel and what i think it's crazy how like in a in a moment i like you know went 11 going on like 60 years old basically like this wisdom this wisdom that i got so you know it's interesting because like i knew i was safe like my mom just lived about 15 minutes down the road i knew i was safe but that quality is like that's that seed was born so it's turning you know um um as my, one of my mentors, and forgive my French here, but like he t- says, turning shit into sugar. Um, because you know, my parents split, everyone's safe, they can't live together, so maybe it's the for the best. But it actually be, it gave me an incredible skill, you know. It, it wasn't, I wasn't, um, like you know, depressed and then going and like nose diving. It was like, well, wait a second, this gave me a very, very valuable skill, and so I uh, that's I cultivated that obviously, um, as I became an entrepreneur from there, but um. But yeah, great question. Thank you for the bold question. Not everyone would ask that question. Thank you. Yeah, I I want to get to the heart of the matter. Love it. And, and out of everything that you just shared, it's like, with, like I ask these questions very strategically because I want to get to the where you had the shift. Yeah. And you just said, you know, with that divorce, like a lot of people let divorce ruin them. Yeah. You said, I, I have to keep it together. You know what I mean? Like that right there was the money sentence. Cause it's one of those things when I'm helping people deal with adversity, I let them know if you let things break you down, you're being selfish. And some, some people like they get taken back when I say that. And they're like, what do you mean I'm being selfish? Because you're making it all about you. Yeah. Victim, victim mentality. Yeah. Yeah. I said, there's people out there in this world that are dependent on you for you. You have your kids, right? Um, Assuming yeah. you're still with them, yeah, yep, okay. yep. <laughs> okay, you know, yep. so, yeah, so, no, that's actually that's actually interesting. And sorry to, to interject here, but no, while we're talking about reference points. All of the cards are stacked like the, the whole thing, the whole operation. Every family, every um, every relative that I have, there's there, everybody's divorced. Everybody, everything is stacked against us that um, to, to to divorce. Like it's like if we just kind of like loosened our grip, my wife and I we would probably, we probably wouldn't make it. We have to work hard to make that happen because we have a reference point. We're supposed to get divorced. Like with the pattern that's mm. been created, we're supposed to. So we see that. And it's like, if something goes down, like we, we have arguments and stuff like that, but it's like, wait a second. I don't want to, like, I want to flip the script. I want to change the pattern here. Yes. So it becomes the the re- reference point of what not to do is what I yeah. saw in my, in my family, right? Yes. See, I call that breaking the cycle. Love it. Yep. So that's what you see and you want to bring like that. That happens a lot. You know, like I do I do work with inner city, inner city groups, you know, like people in the low income areas, single parent homes, maybe a, a, maybe a parent's in jail or yeah. have, you know, alcohol or drug drug abuse. And I go to the kids. I'm like, it's up to you to fix it. Yep. You know, it's up to you. And I say you can break the cycle. So, so you're either going to continue it 
but you have the opportunity to break it. It's, and that's very inspiring. That is very inspiring. That's why we see a lot of a lot of people turn things around. Um, these yeah. self-made millionaires who it's like they came from a super poor family. Why? Because they know what they don't want. Yes, exactly. You know, exactly. I had a woman on the show, uh, Michelle Cunningham. That that was exactly her white woman, but but they were the poor family in a middle class neighborhood. Like you know, they got picked on. They got teased by other kids. Like they couldn't go on family vacations. And she she decided, you know, I don't want my kids to go through this. You know, and it's so it's very easy to just say, well, it is what it is. You know, that's what life happens. You gotta be privileged to have that that other lifestyle. Yeah. But it's not. It's up to you to just say, This is what I want. Yeah. And then you go get it. So all right, so take take me through the next step. So the divorce is final. You're, you're making steps to create your lifestyle. What do you do from there? Yeah, well, I mean, so by so when I would like, I'm in now I'm on tour, like where we're fast forward to when, when I'm on tour, making my career, making my like getting my music out there. Or we're talking before, right, right before then, right like, before like, that. Like, yeah. How do you piece it together? How do you get the band together? Yeah, yeah. So it's you got to keep your antenna up at all times for opportunities. You never know where they're going to come from, but a lot of it's going to come from other people um, meeting as many people as possible. Like we know each other now. Um, you know, we have, uh, we, we built a rapport in a second because we both show up in a tank top. I said, I'm a first guest in a tank top. It's like, we're not going to forget that. We're not yeah. going to forget that. You know what I mean? And obviously there's a similar way of thinking. And so, you know, you're in my network now I'm in your network now. And, and it's, it's basically that, Oh, like that happened um, over and over and over. Um, as a drummer, my um, my my father's friend, uh, basically, this like they're like family. It's kind of like my cousins, but we're not we're not blood relatives. Um, yeah. He played guitar, and he was five years older than me. And I was just you know I was I was a little pipsqueak. Like I was you know <laughs> I was like thirteen or twelve, something like that. And he's like going off into university with his buddies who are also older. And they're like, you know, Steve plays drums. And uh, he's like, do you want to play, do you want to play drums for us? And like, if I was like, you know, if I was scared, like, uh, you know, it's with older guys and all this stuff, um, yeah. then, uh, you know, then obviously a lot of things wouldn't happen for me, but I was just like, yeah, you know what? Okay. Take that leap. But what's the worst thing that's going to happen? And so I go and um, we start playing together in that band. And um, <laughs> it's funny. Cause that, like, I grew up pretty fast because, it, you know, they're taking me around to different places with like a fake ID and all this stuff. Mm. And, um, and so anyway, it's like, I grew up pretty fast. A lot of my, my friends who are my age, I didn't really talk to as much anymore um, until a few years later, but it's like just looking for these different opportunities to keep leapfrogging, like um, every single thing. Then like I get into a band where, um, where there'd be, there's just something that an upgrade that I, I spotted, like my antenna was up. I'm always looking for that next opportunity. It's like when, for example, when people get a, a job, um, how it's like, when you get a job, cool, keep looking for other jobs at the same time. Like keep like, just like 10% of your focus, keep looking for another opportunity. Cause you never know. And you just keep like leapfrogging and yes. keep getting to that next one. Um, you should never stop ever. You should never stop. And so, so anyway, I kept doing that. And then it landed me in um, in a band. I create. I, I formed a, a band with uh, with my friends. It's funny this pattern where I, I'm always brought in as the guy who's going to uh, like I'm, I'm like the replacement. First, I come in as like the second. I was I was a guitar player at this point, so it's like a second guitar player. But the real plan from their perspective was like I'm going to replace their guitar player and we're going to start a new band. It's kind of like sort of this unspoken thing between me and whoever was the leader. Yeah. That happened. 
I toured all over Canada with uh, with a band that I was in um, at that point, and um, I ran into one of my um, well now like my best friend. Um, we we met uh, along the way. I was recording some guitar for him. Again, another opportunity. I just said yes to. It's like okay, cool. This works for me. It, like kind of runs through my my filter of is this going to help me to get to that next level? I said yes. Um, recorded some stuff on his album. And then uh, we ended up forming a band together uh, a couple years later. That was the band that ended up getting uh, signed by Gene Simmons. And then it was just one thing after the next. But it's like keeping that antenna up for those opportunities. And um, when you spot it, you're going to get a certain feeling where a little bit is of fear. Like, it's like, wait a second. And it's not you. This is your brain. It's just, it's not you. It's a mechanism that's in your brain that is, I think it's the amygdala. It's like, yeah. um, that is saying like, well, wait a second. Like, it's like fight or flight, right? And and so it's it's just checking. It's just checking with you. You could say, no, this is like not scary or yes, this is scary. Like you can, you can um, just, it, it's just a, a, an alert, a push notification that pops up yeah. in your brain, right? And so, so anyway, um, you're going to feel a little bit of that and that's good. That's a good feeling. That's like that little bit of excitement, those butterflies, that's a good thing. So you lean into it a little bit and then, um, and because I just want to actually say something. I, I heard something on the way here um, to, to my office here this morning. I don't know if you've ever read the book um, Winning. It's a new book by Tim Grover. I heard this quote inside this book. So this is Michael ja- um, Michael Jordan and yeah, um, Jordan. Kobe Bryant's coach. Like this guy's brilliant. Like I just caught on to um, caught on to this this book yesterday, this morning on the way here. It said in school, you what I wrote it down over here. In school, you have the test after you learn. In life, you have the test before you learn. Yeah, true. It's like <laughs> so true. It's 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 like I had to like I had to stop the car for a second and just kind of like in, like take that in. In school, you have the test before you learn the lesson, and I'm oh, sorry, after you learn the lesson. In school, in in life, in life, and in business, you have the test before you learn the lesson, and it's like that. It, it just blew my mind, and so um, this is why you have to go into these situations because the lesson that comes out of it is profound. Yes, I just want to expand on that. See, and that's where, so going back to what you were saying about fear, you know, like that fear, it's it's ingrained in us. Like you said, that it's part of our subconscious because you go back to the hunter-gatherer days, yeah. we were always on the lookout for fear. Like you have to if you want to stay alive. If not, the saber-toothed tiger is going to come and get you. Totally. So so even though we've, we've evolved over time, that mechanism is still there. So when you go through something that may be a little bit uncomfortable, you still get, like you said, you get those butterflies or your heart yeah. might race a little bit thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God, but with all the what ifs. But the other profound thing you said there, which is what I tell people all the time, you're going to you're going to find whatever you seek. Yeah. So like you said, keep the antenna up, look for opportunities, because I, I say the same thing. I'll say if you look for opportunities, you're going to find them. If you look for problems, you're going to find them. If yeah. you look for drama, you're going to find it's, that it's, too. It's um, confirmation bias. Basically, yes. your brain, it's it's the reticular activating system. Basically, like it's it's, it's like when you buy a car, a uh, yellow car, and then oh, all of a sudden you see all these yellow cars on the road. Like it's it's in your it's in your radar now. Like it's, it's your brain wants that. That's part of how we function. Your brain, your brain is looking for these things to um, to confirm what you believe or what you like. This is why, see, here's the issue with where, where that fear comes up. A lot of people think 
think that that's them. Like, so that's me, Steve. I'm a scaredy cat. Like I'm like, mm. I'm, I'm a wimp or is it like they, they attach like a, a story to this feeling. All that thing is, is just a push notification from your brain. Yeah. It's not you. It's not you. It's just the push notification saying, Hey, is this a scary situation, Steve? And I'm just like, no, this is like, it's okay. I'm going to be okay. Like it's a, the ability to detach, to detach from that notification. That's not you. That's not Robert. Like that's not, yeah. that's just your brain doing what it's supposed to do. That's like RoboCop, danger, danger. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, totally, man. That's Love awesome. It. All right, so how how'd you come up with the title Hobby Boss? Okay, so so Hobby so Hobby Boss came from um, the beginning. So I, I skipped an important part of the story. Like you know, it wasn't all like um, uh, uh, flowers and like you know sunshine, um, yeah. touring with Kiss and everything like that. Like that was great. But um, but I had to actually press pause on my music career because my dad, um, he he got he got sick. He basically he was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. I get this phone oh. call where he said he, he like he's like Steve. I just got diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. We knew he was getting having some tests with some stuff, but it's just like that was like big time record scratch in my life where it was uh, uh, two years after the Kiss tour. We were like, we're planning for like the next steps with the band and uh, like strategizing. And uh, I get this phone call and I'm just like, oh shit, well, my music career is basically done right now because like my biggest fan just got sick. And now I've got to, I got to support, like my biggest supporter, like I've got to be now his biggest supporter. I, I just knew, I knew in a second, this is another thing, like with that fear, like I knew in a second that, um, it was going to like completely rock my world, but I had to, I had to switch. Like I had to like, okay guys, like, listen, let's put the band on pause right now. And luckily it came at a time when we could do that. Um, but I pressed the pause button. I became my dad's primary caregiver. And, um, and so basically like, you know, I went from being void on like my, my stage name is void. Um, so being void on stage and like touring all over the world to like now being Steve and like sleeping in a bed that I grew up in, like mm -hmm. in my hometown and it's like whoa this that, that totally rocked my world anyway but i had to do what i had to do for my dad anyway um to make a long story so he he didn't make it we had some really really great times together i'm so happy that i was with him for those two years um he didn't make it and um but i knew like during that time like that was like um the next chapter of of my life and i had to do something with it um if i was going to be a rock star in the first part now it's like i wanted to inspire other people to be rock stars whether they play music or not but it's like now it's their turn so now i've got to like i've got to pass that torch yeah. anyway when i was there i had to pay rent i still had to like keep busy i was gonna go nuts if i didn't do anything creative let me you know, jump in let yeah. me jump in real quick just because like i just recently lost my dad too oh, i'm sorry just, dude well in 2019 still. thank you yeah. But I just want to know what was the last thing you said to him? Oh man, that's um oh man, let me think. Oh, I love you. I love you was the last thing I said. I love you because um one thing that I learned, I lost a lot of people, dude. I lost a lot of people even uh, especially due to cancer. Um and uh one thing that I learned from that is you really for you, you have to say what needs to be said. Like I told him when I was taking care of him, I'm like, you were a really good dad. Like, I just want you to know you did a good job as a dad. And, um, and you know, he started crying right away because like, yeah. we're on autopilot, right? Like we don't say things like that. We don't, we're not like, we don't typically say, it's just like, what's the next thing and going into these routines. And it's just like, you know, saying things, um, cause you know, you understand as a father, um, you know, you want to do your best. Right. And yeah. so for, for your, for your kid to say to you, you know, you did a good job and like to validate that. Yeah. That was a really good, like they say, so he had colon cancer and they say that, um, a lot of, um, cancer is like, it, it sort of manifests from, um, 
from your your feelings or like um and, and not to get woo woo or anything like that because there is like scientific explanation of it but like yeah. he had colon cancer he held on to things he was guilty about uh, the divorce for sure he was holding on to that i like he said he thinks about that every single day you don't think for someone who holds on to that that your digestive system isn't going to be impacted you're not digesting that thought you're not digesting mm. that stuff you're holding on to it right so so for for me to say that you did a great job as a father for, for that to instantly rectify that when I was 11, that like that guilt that he felt and all that, like, yeah. I know that he felt better. I know that we got some more time out of it because, because of that, that conversation we had. Anyway, I also learned in that time that when people are on their deathbed or close, you got to say what needs to be said. And for sure, one of the things is I love you. Um, and it's not just for them. It's for you as well, because if they go and you don't say that then that you're gonna be thinking about that all the time. So a big part of the closure that that I got, like it was still tough, man. Um, you know, this is a person who, especially as a father, like, you know, and so as, as a man and as a father, like he's the one who I'm gonna closely model more, a little more than my mom, just because she's a woman, like, you know, then we have a different relationship, of course. But my yeah. dad, it's like, this guy is, this is like my, my role model. This guy's my hero, right? And so, um, so, I was, I was, I was good. Um, like it, it hit me pretty hard after uh, a couple of months, but I, I was, I was, it wasn't as bad because I said the things that needed to be said. So I remember the last, that last day when he was in the hospital. Yeah. I said like, well, he was still conscious. So like, you know, I love you, you know? And, and he said, this, he said, I love you back. We had that exchange. And then from then on, man, I was there since, until the last beat. I told him, listen, I told him when he got sick, I'm going to be there throughout this entire thing. And I held his hand and um, I was there for the whole thing, even when he was uh, unconscious and, um, you know, and it was, um, it was tough, but that was the last thing that, that I said, and it just needed to be said. It's part of how I propelled to, to getting where I need to, rather than being stuck in that moment, replaying that same episode every single day, you know? Yeah. Yes. I, I just want to acknowledge that some, some people don't get that opportunity. Like we just found, we just had a funeral for, for my cousin. She was 62. She just dropped. Yeah, she just, she just dropped. You know, they they chalked it up to nat to natural causes at sixty two. You know, the, man, talk, my talk condolences. About, thank you. you know, like talk about just blindsiding the family, but you know, totally. same thing with my dad. Like when he took his last breath, he had three generations around him, and this was yeah. November of twenty nineteen. So it's right before COVID. So what gives me solace is that he was able to have that kind of end bring bring everyone together because yeah. that wouldn't have happened in 2020 nope. oh that's so oh man nope. if he had to go if he had to go then yeah like yep. and that's why it's a bit spinning it around like that like you know obviously we're talking about one thing but how you do anything is how you do everything right so like yeah. if you spin things around to where it's like looking at the positive like my parents split up when i was a kid but like that was a very good thing for me in that time and if it was something else i would have made the best of it but that skill that muscle is very, very important. And, you know, and, and so you asked about hobby boss, um, asked about hobby boss. How did I, how did I name that? Well, well, the whole idea of hobby boss was actually, it came at the same exact time as, um, when I started my, my online business, my coaching business, which is called rockstar mind, rockstar mind was born from, um, like again, a need to pay my rent and also have a creative outlet. Well, I was taking care of my dad. Um, but I knew, I knew in that moment, even as I was creating that and creating something that would help guitar players specifically, because that's the easiest thing that I did. Um, I already played guitar. Already, I already taught like on and off tour. So let's just digitize it. And um, basically, Rockstar Mind was born. But I knew that that was just a guinea pig for me to learn how online business works and online marketing and, you know, and coaching. And so that I could eventually teach people 
um, to do the same thing. But I couldn't just do that after I make 20 bucks. Like I had to build it into a real business. And so fast forward to um, 2019. Um, so in the summer, I knew, okay, like this is like, this is good. I already had my, my first book called Practice Let's Play More. I had that, that was like really starting to have things take, um, take off. And, um, and I thought, okay, now, now I feel good. Now I feel confident that the stuff I'm doing is actually going to help other people. And, um, and in that moment, man, I just had a flash of like, just cool, uh, like hobby boss. Cool. I wanted to be something different, like not rockstar mind. Cause that's too tied to like, uh, music and guitar, like yeah. at least at that time. So it's just like, hobby boss cool like the do exactly what i did and i'm not trying to be some guru or anything like that just look back at what i did document it look at the best things and um, give the insight on that put it into a book and so i started outlining that in 2019 and as soon as the, sorry. the pen, yeah yeah sorry do okay, just say that again say say what again <laughs> the, say about that. how you came up with it yeah yeah <laughs> about about um about the hobby boss like see, this, see, it's like sometimes we we just throw out these golden nuggets and we don't even realize. Dude, it. I'm gonna have to watch the recording. I'm gonna have to watch. I'm gonna right? have to watch the recording. So, so you you just said, well, because I help people, you know, create things as well. Yeah. And sometimes they overcomplicate it, but you just said it in the most simplistic way. Take what I did document it and help others do it yeah, too. Yeah. Learn, like, apply, teach. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. That's the gist of it. And yeah. Thanks for times, thanks for catching that. No problem. Like too many times people overcomplicate it. Like when you see me looking down, I'm taking notes. Totally. <laughs> totally, know, so, totally. Yeah. So that way when those golden nuggets come up, I catch them. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good, man. And, and, you know, and this is like, we talk about the antenna as well, like wanting to be out there like this. Well, I was driving to, to the office today and I heard that Tim Grover quote and it's just like, it stops you because my antenna is up. Yes. So I'm hearing it. Like you, you have to keep, you have to keep things open. Like, I feel like people are very, very closed. Um, like a lot of people I talk to, like they say they're making excuses about why they can't do this or that. I was like, well, tell me about your day. And it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm like, are you on social media? And it's like, yeah, you know, I use Facebook here and there and it's like if you really looked into it they're like on their phone and they're like in someone else's world rather than like expanding their mind and like having their antenna up and there's opportunities everywhere dude like if i could if i could turn um you know guitar which is the, the world doesn't need another guitar coach the world doesn't need another business coach it's it's like it's, it's already there's so many people out there um and so it's like all the the odds are like uh, up against you but i do it in my own unique way I'm able to do things. I care about people in a certain way. Like I've got my story. Um, a lot of people, like, let's just say if they love Kiss, then they're like, oh, no way you toured with, like, what's Gene like? And I'm telling them uh, tour stories and stuff like that. It's like, there's an experience that comes from me and you're unique. Everybody's unique. So there's going to be a, a group of people who want to hear things from you. And like you said, you have 40 people and then it turned into this and then it turns into that and you keep snowballing it because you do things in a certain way. You know, people get a different experience with you. And so taking something that you already know, this was when the pandemic hit in 2020, I was thinking about pushing everything aside, even writing the book and just start coaching people um, right away to help them um, with their with their business. I, even though I've done a lot of coaching, business coaching already, yeah. like really make it the focus. Because when the pandemic hit, I knew people were going to be losing their job. I knew that people were going to um, rely. A lot of people were going to need to rely on either government support or they're going to need to find another job. And when they need to find another job. Um, who's to say that's not going to happen again, where that company is going to go out of business, they get fired or that they're going to have to train now for another job. So they're going to have to go to school for this. So that I'm just like, screw that. Go mm -hmm. to things you already know how to do. Yes. And just like, like we were just talking about, like document how to do it and just start even on a conversation like this on, but load up zoom, which is absolutely yes. free load up zoom and like put, put out a message on your Facebook profile saying like, Hey, you know, um, let's just say for example, 
you know, the Rubik's cube, like, Hey, if you want to learn how to like solve the Rubik's cube in, in uh, two seconds, like you want a cool party trick. Like I know how to solve the Rubik's cube in uh, in two minutes or in a minute or whatever. And it's like, um, you, anybody want to want to learn how to do that? And obviously the Rubik's cube is just like, it's not the best example, but let's just say something that you know how to do. Someone messages back. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Show me, show me. So you go hop on a call on zoom for like 30 minutes and show them the first part of it. And it's like, did you enjoy that? It's like, yeah, cool. Well now let's, do you want to continue? Like, do you want to keep learning how to do more cool stuff with it? And um, it's like, yeah, sweet. So they wire you, you know, a hundred bucks or they PayPal you a hundred bucks or 60 bucks or whatever you charge. And then you continue that conversation. It could be for yeah. cooking, working out for uh, music, for whatever, photography and anything, the list goes on, but it's like, the the ability to monetize skills is like it's off the charts these days like now you could you could literally make money doing anything you know i, I do want to address one one thing you said although although you you reframed it yourself but but i just still want to highlight it cuz you had said you know we don't need another guitar coach we don't need another business coach but then you went into saying you do it with your own unique skill set because yeah. because I was gonna jump in and challenge you on that. But mm. but like I said, you you reframed it all on your own. Well, dude, because well well, it's like I say that because some people say that you know totally. like like I help I help people with with public speaking. And you, you, you could say there's tons of people out there that help Who, who's people. going to want to hear me. Who's going to want to hear me yes. speak publicly. Yes. There's already, yeah, totally. Yep. And my thing is, but people need to hear it the way you deliver it. There's totally. someone out there that they might hear me and be like, no, he's too intense for me. No, no he's too chill for me. Totally. Uh, Steve, that's the one. Totally. Like, that's the one right there. Totally. So, so like I tell people, never, ever assume like there's 7 billion people out there. Oh, we can't cover everyone. We can't, <laughs> no. we can't, we can't connect with everyone. Nope, and- you just need a handful of people that feel totally. your vibe. That's it. Yo, you know what? Okay. So this is a really, really important thing that we're talking about here because also like I don't study competition. I don't care what other people do. Okay. Yeah. I don't care what other people do. I I'm, I'm an innovator and I, that's what I like doing. It's like, this is my canvas. This is like the song that I'm writing right now in my, in my business. And, and so it's like, what, what you have to realize, um, what I recommend, and you'll see this inside the book as well is it's like charge higher prices and work with less people. So you go deeper with them. And it's like, there's these sites where you could pay, oh, but they could pay eight bucks a month and learn how to do that online. No, they can't. If they go online and they pay eight bucks, they're not going to get, they're not going to do it. So there's no accountability there. There's, um, there's a a barrage of information that's going to overwhelm them. So they're going to like, yeah, they'll sign up to it, but they're not going to use it. And you could give them a personal experience and go deeper with them. And like you get, let's say 10 people, 10 people paying you a hundred bucks a month, let's say to do whatever, anything. And now you have Dude, you have a thousand bucks extra a month for just taking care of 10 people. Even if you message one person, uh, you know, one person a day, um, you know, you'll get through them. Let's say even with seven, you message one person every single day and you have 700 bucks, uh, 700 bucks extra for some people, 500 bucks is life changing. An extra 500 bucks yeah. per month is life changing. So, so it's, it just comes down to, you know, a lot of people are, are worried there. They got imposter syndrome that comes in. And I understand that. I feel that like, you know, um, I, I'm just, I think too sleep deprived from having these three kids, uh, three, un- three and under, um, that, that perfectionist, that, um, that imposter syndrome, all that stuff is gone. It's like, I'm too tired to like, even have my brain function like that. But I, I, I um, empathize with it because I know it's a real thing. Like it's, it's, you'll feel like, Oh, but who's going to want to hear from me. It's just someone saying like, am I good enough? Am I worth it? And you know, it's, I, I really urge you to lower the barrier to, to entry for both of you, for you and your customer 
and put something out there, go to someone who's trusted and like hop on zoom with them, help them with something. And then when you get that first dollar, you know, when you get that first dollar, now it's like, that shows you something. Someone is willing to invest. They, they, they see that what you have for them is more valuable than the money they have in their pocket. Yeah. And when you make that exchange, then that's empowering. And then you start to believe Then you're going to forget and you're going to feel that imposter syndrome again. It's a cycle where you have to work the muscle, but eventually you get over that hump and you're just like, screw it. Like, I'm just going to do this. I feel good about it. And, um, and if I have a bad day here or there, that's where you got to surround yourself with other people who are positive influences and yes. keep you in check. Me and you, we're not like, we're not going to stay good every day. Like there's dark days, but mm. it's like, we have systems and people around us who like we've put in place as insurance policies, you know, to keep things moving forward but anyway i know when people are getting started that that's a big time excuse and big time um uh, a block is that they feel like an imposter why should i do this and anybody could do it everyone should um because people need it people need you yes yeah let, let me expand on that in 2014 i won a scholarship to fitness business summit out in california so like I was always good at connecting with people and you know, from being like sports captain. I got into leadership at a young age you know, in my early teens. So like connecting with people, like leading people through tough times, like I've, I've always had that skill. But when it came to selling myself, that was a whole different ballgame. And so when I won the scholarship, like I was doing OK. I had over 100 clients. So, you know, I didn't suck at it. But I wasn't to where I needed to be. And I, I remember they had a hot seat. There were there was a thousand people in this conference. And the guy says, All right, I'm gonna bring four people up here and you're gonna get eight minutes to pick my brain. And I was like, I need that. And so everybody is getting ready to raise their hands. I shut my laptop, I put it in my bag, and I scooch to the end of the row. And so he's like, Who wants it? Show of hands. Everybody raised their hand. I ran to the stage. Love it. Love <laughs> right? it. I ran. I was like, I need those eight minutes. But what he said, like I said earlier about being selfish, this is where I got it from. So I told him, I said, he's like, no, what's the biggest problem in your business? I said, I'll be honest with you. It's the follow up. I said, because I feel like I'm hounding people because hmm. I'm the type Do you want to know. OK, next, you know, and not oh. realizing that people have different levels of acceptance. And he said to me, he, he's like, you're doing that because you're being selfish. And it, it, it kind of took me back. I was like, okay. I was like, I'm all ears. And he says, because you're worried about you. You said you don't like to follow up, but that person needs you to. They need you, man. Yeah. He's what like, you have is so scared. valuable. Yeah. Yes. He's like, they're scared. They're insecure. He's like, and they came to you for help. He said, it is your duty to follow up with them. And if you don't do it, you're being selfish. Yeah. And that completely. Oh, I blew, love it. Yeah. When mind. you have something you believe in, when you know that what you have is great, you have to do everything that you can to sell it to someone and get not just sell them on like the actual transaction, just like yeah. get them to believe like, listen, this is where, we, where you provide value and you help yeah. them with something like you have to do everything. Like you said, your duty, duty is a great word. Like it's your obligation and duty to like to, to make that happen for them. Yeah, for sure, man. I love that. I love that. That's a, that's not like a day one type of lesson. Like it is here because, you know, we're sharing this, this wisdom. Yeah. Um, 
it's but that's not something that's obvious to people and that's why you probably were a bit defensive or like at first like what's the way i like thrown thrown off like selfish what do you mean what do you mean mean me selfish you know what i mean like they're selfish they're not taking but yeah no it's like selfish is typically a negative totally totally you know but like when you put it that way he's like you know by you not helping that person you're thinking about you yeah and it's like wow i'm a jerk (laughs) <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. like that person yeah. needs my help <laughs> yeah for sure for sure no i love I that that's great that's awesome thanks all right so i would re- i re- really think we-, we could put together like a solid master class on this stuff yeah totally i think so. i think well i think we just did i think there's like <laughs> true yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, this, no it's 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 really amazing how like these these little shifts in thinking these little shifts like how you approach a situation here and there it's um, it's amazing. Like I, I mentioned, uh, Rockstar Mind. Um, at that point, I didn't want to call uh, Hobby Boss anything to do with like Rockstar Mind or Rockstar because it's a little bit too easy to do that. But my company, what I realized is that Rockstar Mind isn't the guitar side, and Hobby Boss is the business side. Like my whole company is called Rockstar Mind because it's the 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 mindset that you need to have. Like I call it Rockstar Mind. That's like how I would say, like you know, for people who are successful, they've got the Rockstar Mind. Um, the the, the uh, what's it called champions, championship mentality, like the the you can call it Iron Man, like whatever you want to call it, but I call it the rock star mind. And it's like, that is, um, it's something that, um, that I stick with. I, I like, I started to embody a lot more in that ownership and anything, any reason why I didn't do this or that in the past was more just like an insecurity of like, what if someone thinks of me this way or that way? And like, now I'm embracing it. Like I'm not showing up to a business uh, meeting or uh, showing up something like this, this call, let's say this is typically for, for business. Like I'm, I'm showing up like this, you're showing up like how you're showing up like in the, in the entire, and it allowed for us to connect. Yeah. Um, we have that, that, that rapport, but it's, it's amazing how, when you really lean in to who you are and you use those things that some people might think is, as, um, as a flaw, like some people might think like, Oh, a guitar player in a rock band or whatever. I was probably like turning some, some like d- dumb guy or whatever. Like, and then I show up as like Tony Robbins type thing. Like someone actually, <laughs> someone, someone told me this, he's like, I w- he goes, I was not expecting this conversation. And it's like, it's almost like this inside joke that I have that it's just like, I know that I don't necessarily look the part like but i love that i don't and that's part you got to make your your things that you could look at as like a flaw those are the things that are or like you should really lean into and highlight yes. because nobody else is like that no one has those stories no one has those those qualities and yeah, so anyway yeah it's 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 um it's just these shifts in thinking and um and it's amazing when you when you understand that because it's not that complicated it's actually quite simple and um and it helps to eradicate a lot of those negative thoughts and, and feelings well, yeah, it's about being authentic, your authentic self. Like with me, I mean, I'm, I, I'm a fitness business owner. You know what I mean? I wear tank tops all day. It's like, this is this is me. Yeah. I, I remember I actually went to a, to a speaker coach and she she says to me, if you want to be taken seriously as a speaker, she's like, you're going to have to clean up your attire. I said, but then I'm not being me. Like, nope. I'm not, I'm not show, showing up in a, in a shirt and tie. I'm like, that's that's not me. Like, I don't wear a, a shirt and tie in the gym. Yeah. I said, let me tell you something. Because when I speak, I'm going to give so much value. They're not even going to care that I'm wearing it. Oh, man, for sure. It, well, it's also like um, like banner banner blindness. Like, for example, like when you um, when you're online, we don't even see advertisements because we're, we're kind of blind. They just blend in. Right. And if yeah. you're if you're in, um, you know, uh, the same stuff that everyone else is in, then nobody's going to recognize it. Like no one's going to see you because yeah. there's just literally that blindness. Like you're just not going to see that. And so, yeah, you got to stand out. You got to stand out like sore thumb, man. Um, yeah. It's it's actually um, it's a huge advantage. And so it's funny. It's like who's been teaching us these other lessons? Like where's For all real? this other stuff come from? You know what I mean? 
I, I can answer that. It comes from the education system. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, it's like everyone's taught, everyone's taught the same way. Yeah. But we all receive information di- differently. Yeah. You, you know, you're talk, talking about mind. You know, there's four major personality types. You know, there's leaders, doers, thinkers, feelers. And everybody receives information differently. Yeah. Like one of my twins, you know, like his his mom had him tested for ADHD. I just personally think in the classes he's not doing well. He's just bored in the classes. Totally. Because there's other things that he can he can recite like like the top of his mind. He can talk about detailed missions and video games. I'm like this this kid does not have ADHD. He just doesn't like English. Exactly. <laughs> he's not. Like, yeah, he's not interested in, in it know? for sure. Totally. Yeah. And so the way it's being delivered, just like with me, I, I dropped out of college three times because just sitting. And just listening to people, like, I don't retain it. So, like, going out out to that summit in California, and then I ended up going out to California for three three different summits. And then I traveled traveled the country. I went to New Mexico, went to Texas, went to Florida, uh, Colorado, Pennsylvania. Like, I went all over Chicago to these marketing seminars, these business building seminars, branding seminars, Facebook ads. Uh, how to get it, get on media. And I just learned what I had to learn organically. So a lot of times I I do these talks, do these speeches and people will will ask me, now, where'd you, where'd you go to college? I'm like, I didn't. And they're like, what? Yeah. (laughs) I said, yeah, see, not bad, huh? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's great. It's great because you're, you're like, it's like the, the hunter and gatherer too. Like part of, I think part for you, I think like you like the, the chase as well. Like, let me put this together. Let me piece this together. Like a puzzle you're figuring out for Mm -hmm. sure, man. And, and it's good. And, and, um, and you're absolutely right. It's like almost like making everybody eat the same exact, um, meal. Um, even though they don't like pizza or they don't like this or that like everyone in school my it's funny because my wife's a teacher and um and like that 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 educational system it's it's very strange because it's almost like um like a beta version of something that like was supposed to be more advanced but it's actually very like basic like wait a second so you're gonna put everybody in the same room and they're gonna all be fed the same exact thing but wait a second but not everybody likes that taste like no not everyone has that thing some people they need to hold it in their hands and figure the thing out and uh it's just it's actually amazing that it even it, it even exists like that, but yeah, it's luckily, luckily other forms exist. And, and, you know, again, turning shit into sugar, like, you know, COVID sucks for sure. Yeah. But what's interesting is how, like what the way that it changed the world where things become virtual, different people could connect in different ways. I think yeah. it expanded people's mind of like how we could actually accomplish things in different ways that we probably were maybe 10 years away from, from figuring out, but it was sort of forced. Like we sort of had to like, okay, wait a second, the world can go virtual and we can do these jobs without having to actually show up to the office. Wait a second, I love working my pajamas and like, it's, it's <laughs> really like reframing even for kids, like how they, how they get educated and stuff, like kind of reframing how, how that works. I'm helping a, um, someone right now with, um, with, with that, like I'm helping her with her business and she's, um, she's going to be, it's not even really like tutor or mentor. It's like, she's going to be helping, um, different kids, like get, get better grades in school. And, um, and because like the school system, if you, put someone in there who's not like suited for that they could be getting like a c when they could be really like excelling um doing it the way that is for them for their learning style and um and so i'm helping her um to to put a program together for that but it's like it's it's amazing and you're absolutely right yeah it is probably from from that um from from just education system just being this common denominator type thing yeah from like talking in schools and volunteering in schools a lot of times I work with the behavioral kids mm-hmm. and some, and I, I had pretty good breakthroughs with, I, I won't say all of them, but I say maybe 70% of them because I figure out what makes them tick. Yeah. You know, like, is it that they're just a bad kid or it's like, no, it's like, so 
why why do you like so and so? You know, how how's your home life? Do you have siblings? Like you just start asking the right questions. Kind yeah. kind of how I was saying with you. Like as you're talking, yeah. I'm look I'm looking for that lean in sentence. It's like totally. there it is. I'm yeah. So as I'm talking with this young kid, like come to find out, he he's one like he doesn't really, you know, like authority. So I was like, let me try to empower him some. Yeah. So I was like, all right, listen, I want you to lead a project with these two doing X Y Z. Go ahead. And I empowered him and he did a beautiful job with it. Yeah. You know, so instead of just saying, oh, he's this, he's that. It's like, find out what makes him tick totally. and step into what makes him tick. And on top of that, too, the other layer to what you just said there is not even just the um, not even the that you found out about the uh, the authority. And then um, and then like with the make the tasking him and like putting him in this uh, or putting him in this uh, this project where he's a leader. There's yeah. that for sure for that kid. But also what if that kid has never just never been listened to? What if that kid wasn't yeah. asked those questions? The fact that you even asked those questions, he probably also appreciated because not many people like took the time to listen to him um, and, and ask him what he cares about. So there's even that layer of that empathy that you've exhibited to that kid. And that he probably appreciates, which is why he even entertained the fact and started to open up more and more. You know what I mean? And the key word there is empathy. So going back to what what you were saying earlier about imposter syndrome and fear, having having empathy for who you want to serve will help you get out of that. You'll never go hungry again. You'll never go hungry again. If you, once you understand people and you understand that, and even like a little more advanced than that, that you sell them what they want and then you give them what they need. Like when you start to understand that, first you have to understand what they want and then that desire. And then also as a coach, you have to understand just like, what do they need? Like, what do they actually need? And then they call it like chocolate and broccoli. Like, you know, you give them the chocolate, (laughs) you sell them the chocolate, but then you give them the broccoli as well. You give give them both, right? You give them both. And, but it's that empathy to even just understand, put yourself in that, their situation and, um, and then really help them. And you believe in what you're doing. It's like what we said before, you believe in what you're doing so much that it would be a disservice to them to not like, to not sell that hard. Yes. Like one of my fitness clients, she, she knits pillows. And I, and I, I thought I was like, you know, have you ever considered showing someone else how, how to do that? And she hadn't really thought of it. I said, think about it this way. I said, there, there could be someone out there who, who's an alcoholic. And for them to take the step to quit, they're going to need an outlet. Yeah. And learning how to knit a pillow could help save their life. 100%. I was like, I was like think of it that way. And she's like, ah, and I think like that's what attracted me when I saw your your profile because I believe I saw you on podcast guest. And there's there's you know hundreds if not thousands of people on that site. But when I came across your good and I don't read people's entire profile, I read like I read the summary and a little bit of the about me because the less I know about people, the better because I like the conversation to totally. just to, to just develop. But once I saw saw that hobby boss. And you had the the music background. I was like, I want to get into this guy's mind. I you love know? it. Yeah, and you I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And everything you just said about even with the uh, the knitting uh, with with your with your client who who knits pillows, like that's exactly it. And like this is the book is the book is about like I don't I don't uh, teach people how to start a business where they uh, where they sell the pillows. I teach people how to te- how to how to teach other people. Like I I I it's a hobby boss. You could use it for 
really anything, uh, any hobby um, uh, type business, like you sell hockey sticks online if you want to, but that's not what the book is really about. The book is about understanding how to take something that you know, and then you pass that knowledge and that insight and wisdom to other people. And, and it's because it's the easiest, um, most like lightweight business. You can do that from your phone with, with on Zoom. Yeah. It's just about helping other people. And, yeah. um, and you can profit a lot from that rather than having inventory and like there are a lot of great businesses out there um lots of ways to make money lots of ways to make money online yes the best way that i've found and the the fastest way is to start with an information business we're talking like 300 billion dollar per year um yes. industry <laughs> and it's like it's like just transfer that knowledge and help someone shave a couple of weeks off of their learning curve and that's valuable see and people don't realize they're already doing it in their jobs you know, like you can even take me in the gym. I'm taking my knowledge and my expertise and I'm helping other people reach their fitness goals. Yeah. And then as you were saying, there's so many different ways to, to make money online. You know, you could take what you do, you know, you like you could take take the principles in your book and turn it into a, di a digital course for people yeah. like like me. I'm not really into books, uh, but I'm a visual learner. Yeah. You know, it's like I would buy that course. Exactly. And go, go through the videos and if there's workbooks attached to it. So like that's how you can take one concept and turn it into multiple streams. Exactly. You know, you exactly. can turn it into a keynote presentation. Yeah. You know, and you can speak on college campuses that have an entrepreneurship program, you know. Exactly. And so, so there's right there in 30 seconds, there's three different avenues you can take from one idea. One idea. You start off by helping some people. What I, why I recommend one-on-one -on -one to start um, is because that's when you're really in the trenches and you're learning all those nuances of the challenges that they have and like from like just really deep. And then, then you know, you yeah. could turn that into a course that is a little more, more generalized from everything you learned from those one-on-ones. All those people that you helped, you kind of make an average or different use different examples like Sarah did this and then, then you use these different examples now because you had that from being in the trenches and then yeah you turn that in you could turn it into a book and like you said like uh, a live event or a master class a boot camp and then if you want to let's just say even with fitness let's say you're helping people with fitness well then you know you could have like start a supplement um part of your business if you want to where you sell some supplements and so when people buy your course they can buy your supplements as well or they buy people who buy your supplements can buy your course like it's yeah. like cross cross selling yeah. and there's a lot a lot of stuff that you can do it's so much fun it's really like a canvas that you're just painting on and i uh, highly recommend it like i said i we like there were multiple moments inside this this episode alone that um we talked about how you can get started and even making 500 extra bucks uh, per month you don't have to look to other people to hire you to give you that money where you trade time for money yeah, you can start something where it's you're in control. And, um, you know, I would just recommend starting the easiest ways with one on ones. But if you even shot on your um, on your iPhone, a course on how to do something, you sell it for 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is. And then you wake up, you wake up like obviously there's more steps. I'm oversimplifying right now. But you yeah. wake up and you see some PayPal notifications of while you were sleeping, money came in. Yeah. For a lot of people, that's a paradigm shift. And yeah. um, and but we we explain and you know obviously if you want to uh, see it in detail then you can uh, check out the book but it's like even with what we explained today people can make some money that doesn't rely on someone else to hire them first they're in control they could do as much or as little as they want to and they can start making some extra cash in this global climate we really really need to yep and where, where i have where i see people having the biggest shift is when when i tell them you get to decide your worth totally 
know, because that's the difference. When you're at a job, they decide what your job with is with a ceiling, and it never goes yes. like. I mean, you have to like work so much to like break through for only a little bit more. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. If I just if I decide I'm going to charge a thousand bucks an hour today, that's what I'm going to charge. Great, perfect. As soon as someone pays that, now I'm a thousand dollar per hour or two thousand or whatever. You know, exactly. Like you make up. It's it's creative. You're you're creative, and you're putting yourself out there. And with these strategies that we're talking about today, it's just it's to help manage the emotions and those uh, some of those destructive thoughts because that's really all it's about. Like that's why with my company where I really leaned into Rockstar Mind because it really just does come down to mindset. The most successful people have the mindset. Yeah. And, and again, it goes back to the education system and I'm not, I'm not knocking the system. It's it's just fact, you know, it is, it is what it is, but we get trained to have a job. Yeah. That's what it is. So then you get us talking about this entrepreneurship and people say, oh, I don't know if that's for me. And I don't know. I, I I've never, I, no, I've never, I've, yeah, I've never been a salesman. It's always identity. I've never been, I'm not yes. a salesman as they, they attach an identity, but it's not, it's like, just learn. It's a skill. It's a, it's a skill. And you don't have to look like you said with the education system. Yeah. Like we're graded, right? Like we're graded yeah. at the end of the test or the project. It's like with this one, you just have to realize that there might be a day where you make zero money, but then there's another day where you make a thousand bucks. And like you have your biggest sales day, let's say of the week. And it's like a bit of a, it could be a roller coaster ride, but it's, it's so worth it. I mean, even, yeah. and the safest way to do it, if you, if you have a job or if, um, if, you know, um, let's just say if, uh, you're in a relationship or maybe your significant other, um, brings in, uh, the money and, um, you want to just have some supplemental income, then that's a great way to start. Like that's no matter what position you're in, whether you have a job, or don't have a job, like it's, it's a really great idea to get started with something and um, you have to start from zero anyway. Yeah. So, you know, no matter what situation you're in, whether you have a job and you want to eventually replace it or supplement the income, or you don't have a job and you want to make some money, you have to start at zero anyway. So yeah. might as well start looking at that first hundred bucks, that first, you know, first 500 bucks, the first $500 month. Like it's, um, it's an exciting journey and it's just, you don't have to do it on your own. You don't have to, there's so many resources, out there. whether you get a hobby boss or whether you, you know, learn it from someone else, just go do it. Because it's so worth it. You know, I support, I support my entire family based on what I do up here. Like my, my entire family, I turn ideas into, into dollars, you know? And it's like, that's empowering for me as a father and a a parent and, you know, a husband. It's like, it's, it's, I highly recommend doing it. And I'm doing a disservice to anybody. If I don't, if I didn't go a little bit more with that thought, if I didn't just push that, I would be doing people a disservice. Cause I really believe in, in like this day and age, you have to. Yes. And before I give you the final word, I want to just touch base on sales because where my mindset shifted with that, because, you know, you think of sales, you think of like the sleazy used car salesman or yeah. or the people at the kiosks in the mall, you know, hey, what a sample. Hey, what a sample. Yeah. And and that's not really especially in the information. Obviously, if you have like an actual product to sell, you know, like a like, like a product to sell, then, yeah, there's some sales involved. But when it comes to information, people are searching for solutions, you know, so you're offering a solution. So like if you came to me and said, hey, Rob, I want to I need help creating a keynote speech, uh, you know, around the principles in my book. Can you help me? I happen to be a speaker coach. Absolutely. Yes, I can. Then we talk. We'll talk about your needs. I'll tell you how I can help you. I'll tell you how much it costs. And then it's a matter of if you want it or not. Like Totally. it's that and, and a lot and a lot of it has to do with our vibe. Um, it's like, yeah. can this can this guy help me? Like, what's the experience going to be like working with him? Well, the experience yeah. chatting with him has been awesome so far. And like, like that 
that's a big part of it. So relationship is very, yeah. very important. It's not just about like, you know, because it's how many people are speaker coaches? How many people are other like, it's about why am I connecting? And in, in this time in my life, am I in yes. the, the um, amount of pain that I need to be that I'm like searching for answers and I tried and failed. And like, this person has the answer. Interesting. Do I like them? Yeah, well, let's have a conversation. And there's the whole process there builds that relationship and that trust yeah. and that belief that this guy can help me get what I need. And even think about how this started, like how this conversation was able to develop because yeah. we started just getting to know each other. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like you shared some things. I shared some things you shared about your dad. I shared about my dad, you know, so it's like we we connected just on a personal level. Yeah. Then we were able to get into everything else. Because like when I first started this, I used to just go off of the talking points and everything that people sent me. Then it's like. I know nothing about this person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, totally. it, and it felt like an interview. Like, and I don't want to be just another interview guy. Yeah. It's like, I want to get to know who I'm talking to. Yeah. And that's why I sit here. I take notes and, you know, I want to expand on the bigger picture. You know, like any of us can sit here and talk about sales. But when we start talking about the mindset and the imposter syndrome and beating the fear, that's the stuff that the people are going to lean into. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, one thing that, uh, yeah, everything you said there, hundred percent agree with one extra layer, like there's a bit meta, but just so everybody listening knows that like my antenna is also up that what, what you just said to me and this experience that I've had being on this, uh, this podcast and chatting with you, I also know inside my mind right now in my hard drive, I know Robert speaker coach. Cool. And that goes in my file. So when I want to do something like speaking or I want to do like when I want to go out and do do a keynote speech or anything like that, who do you think is who do you think I'm going to call? Who do you think I'm going to be thinking about? Yeah, this guy right here. Well, <laughs> why? Because because it, like what would be actually really funny and what popped in my head just for a split second um, with my warped sense of humor is imagine that you didn't actually have a podcast that this is just like this is a front. This is for like for for talking about the keynotes and like for the, the coaching. It would be genius. It would actually be genius. Like I actually don't know if anybody's listening. Anybody's like, but like it's like there's like I don't even know if you hit broadcast or whatever, but it's no, it's, it's actually it's actually genius. Like um like you always have to be putting putting things out there. You always have to be talking yep. about things that are going to help other people. You always have to be um, looking for opportunities. And so, but even inadvertently, obviously I'm joking about the, uh, the, the podcast thing, but, um, but in my mind right now, no matter what, in my mind, I've got Robert is uh, a speaker coach. So key, keynote speaker um, coach, it's like, boom, that's in my head. So now when that problem comes up in the future, then I'm going to be having conversation with you. And then most likely that would be, okay, cool. Well, you're going to be the guy who, who I hired. Like, it's just, it's because it's easy. And you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, we get busy and we don't want to have to think about so many different things and make different decisions. If this decision was already, already made and it's like, okay, sweet, done. And that's maybe something for the future. But what's so great about that. And this is a little more of an advanced lesson, but the connection that's made, cause we didn't know each other before this. It's like yeah. the connection that's made. Now I put that and file that away. And now when it comes around again, now I know who to contact for that. The same way that if, let's just say, if you wanted to learn how to write songs or if you wanted to whatever, like put together, um, uh, a master, whatever it is, like whatever the, the things that I do that you don't know how to do. It's like, now I'm in, in your mind that it's like, Hey, Steve, you like, you were mentioning this and this and this it's, that's a mutual thing that just happened in this conversation. And it'll happen in the next conversation you have today. And in the next one I have today, and we just accumulate these things. And eventually what's really cool is we just know a lot of really cool people who, um, this is my go-to guy. This is like when, when you have like someone in the house, like, Oh, that's my plumber. I've got a guy, I've got a mechanic. Yeah. I've got a guy. It's, like, it's <laughs> yeah. like, this is what we have now. And you just accumulate that. And if you're the knitting 
the knitting pillows person that people know. Oh, I've got a great person for that. Oh, I, I want to like start knitting pillows. Oh, I've got a great person for that. And yeah. you're that person. And that's why you got to keep meeting people and keep connecting and helping people. And that's exactly what happened. Cause I already wrote down two names of people that I'm going to connect you with. One is my nephew. He's a singer out in New York city. And one is a woman. She was on my show a couple of weeks ago, Maddie. She's a singer out of Austin, Texas. Well, well, I should, should say musician. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know also Texas, like she has a band too. And you never know where conversations may lead. But, totally. but I do that with almost every guest I have on. There's someone I've already had on exactly. that they would vibe with. I've connected several people that are link, linking up. Linking but up that, that's part That's part of the design, though. That's because yeah. you clearly enjoy that. And that's part of the design of like even having, because you could, we could have had a phone call where we just learn about each other and then whatever. Like, But the way the format, the whole format, the fact that you have a show is brilliant. And, and this is something that um, also people should be watching and also modeling the same thing. Like what you're doing. I could be talking about um, writing songs or playing guitar. I could be talking about business. I have a podcast. I, I do have a podcast. I have like different shows that I broadcast. Like uh, it's because I see something that I like, even if it's in a different industry and I bring it into what I want to do. And it's just a playground. You just like, it's a digital yeah. playground, but True. what you're doing is, is awesome. And and I fully, fully back it. So it's, it's really cool, man. Thank you. Pre- appreciate it. All right. So give us a final word. We can bring this down it's you can do this you you can do this i feel you, you need to do this in this day and age having a, multiple sources of income is a necessity it's so unpredictable we can't control things in general we just can't control things but when you do have other sources of income that you are in control of, when you can actually bring in money for something that you think about it is incredibly empowering. It's going to be actually, it's going to probably be a bit addictive where you're going to want to like create something else and partner up with this person and that person. When you realize that money can come from your thoughts, you could turn your passion into profits. When you realize that you are going to be a completely different person where you can start helping other people in ways that you can only imagine. Like uh, it's, it's like, it's it, the impact you will have will be great for you, for your family, for the world. It's it's seriously, um, I didn't need to write this book, but I did it um, because I know that it's going to help a lot of people. And um, and I hope that those people help those people and those people help those people. I hope it's, it really starts to snowball. So you can do this. If you show up and do the work, everything is going to take care of itself. Love it. Perfect. Steve, this is a great talk. Thanks so much, Robert. All right. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. This was awesome. I'm sure we'll we'll keep in touch for sure, and uh, I'll probably have have you on again too down down the line. We'll check check in with you, see what you got going on. Perfect. Thanks so much, buddy. All right, man. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right. So that was Steve, the Hobby Boss. So you can get his book at hobbybossbook.com. If you're just tuning in late, make sure you go back and watch this video. We gave like a mini masterclass here in how to take your your passion how to take just your hobby, basically, and turn it into something that you can monetize, all right? So make sure you dig into this because what we shared here, I can probably dice this up and charge for it, all right? So make sure you take advantage of that. So I'll be back tomorrow with Miche for episode number 102. You guys have yourselves a great day. Bye. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. 
to book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind. 